0: The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener
1: discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800.
0: Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, the night that I uh, like to share some of the latest sex stories with you and get some opinions and pretty much anything goes. Plus, of course, I answer uh, lots of questions for you. So here are some of the uh, stories that we're following tonight and a question I want to ask you, do you think marrying your first and only love is a good or bad idea? Talk to you about the science behind that or some studies. Uh, would you ever go to a, a nude restaurant? Blech, I don't think so. Uh, death by porn magazines. Yep. Tell you about that. Uh, and why has research focused mostly on the negative elements of sex for Decades. We'll also share more reaction to the Gillette ad, uh, challenging toxic masculinity, and hopefully we'll get to why removing pubic hair may not be a great idea after all. But first,
1: time to check out our inbox. Your calls and texts are always welcome. Connect with passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800.
0: Remember, you're always free to send me an email at laurieatdrlaurie.com anytime during the week, and I answer your questions at the beginning of every show. Uh, Here's an email I got. It's kind of hard to keep up with standards when it comes to keeping everything healthy. I was taught pretty good sex ed, but I still don't know what feels like a lot of general vagina health, like what to do about ingrown hairs, or should I even shave? Ooh, you'll actually like some of the stories we'll share tonight. Uh, What soaps are friendly and what should be avoided at all costs? Which products do I use that I have heard about from TV shows or social media and what isn't needed? Are there products that I should be using that I don't even know about? Is there a minimum care and a maximum over pampering when it comes to care? Most of my sources I have looked for online seem to be either forum-based with personal experiences or they just list websites that I don't know which are reliable and which are full uh, fakes. So how, basically, should what should I be doing to take care of my vagina? What a great question. Love the way it's put. So let's begin with this basic fact. A vagina is a self-cleaning organ and actually requires no special care in other words no special soaps no special scents no special sprays no special douches none of that all you need to do is wash your external genitals with a mild soap nothing needs to go inside Uh, mild soap and water just like you would any other body part So true, you'll see some ads or you'll see things on the shelves of uh, douching and they have all kinds of names like, uh, I don't know, you know, the meadow, smell like a meadow or I'm not even sure, Uh, but you need to avoid that. Douching will actually harm your vagina because it changes the pH level of your vagina, which is not good, which could also um, put you at risk for... Uh, yeast infections, bacterial vaginosis, all of that. So no douching. When it comes to shaving or waxing, of course, that's a a very personal choice, although I will share a little bit later on uh, some research done on that and why it may not be the best choice for everybody or some of the potential uh, effects, even though so many people uh, do wax or shave at least part of uh, their uh, their pubic hair uh, but um, it can cause ingrown hairs which are not pleasant and sometimes ingrown hairs get ugly like they can turn into some kind of uh, a skin uh, infection so if you want to avoid all of that the best way is to trim your pubic area with scissors. Of course, be very careful. Look at what you're doing, uh, and and just keep it trimmed and short rather than waxed. So I don't know if other people have any anything to add to that, or if they've had experiencing experiences with waxing, laser, electrolysis, and any negative impact of that on their uh, in their pubic area. Would love to hear just some anecdotes at least but I will share with you some of the um, uh, at least some of the medical side of it uh, from a a paper that I read so I'll, I'll share that with you soon Another question. I have problems with my penis. I can't last longer than five minutes, whatever I do. I tried the squeeze technique and the switching positions, but I still can't do it. Antidepressants made me last longer, but it was such a pain to get a boner. His words, not mine. Um, I'm overweight and pretty much stressed all the time. Any tips for this? So just... um, First of all, most men will last anywhere from two to five minutes of intercourse before ejaculating. I know it sounds like a little bit of time, but if you actually count out what five minutes is, how many thrusts there is, you'll see that it's uh, it, it's not such a short amount of time of thrusting. That's not the entire sexual experience, of course. Here we're talking about, on average, uh Foreplay can last uh, anywhere between, let's say, 10, 20 minutes. So that's 20 minutes of arousal and then uh, 2 to 5 minutes of uh, intercourse. But that doesn't mean your partner may already have had an orgasm and and so on. So this is true of most men. Of course, you have people who much quicker and people who last a really long time. And then you have those people who have a really tough time ejaculating. It's also very true that antidepressants have an impact on um, either your ability to ejaculate or and or your erectile function and or your libido. This is the impact of antidepressants if you're being treated for depression. So, And if you're stressed out all the time, that is going to have an impact on your ejaculation. The more you worry about something, like the more you worry about coming too fast, the likelier you are to make that happen. The more you worry about getting an erection, the more likely you are not to get an erection. This is just the the mind and body connection. They are connected. The penis doesn't act independently of what's going on in your, uh, in your head. So... Letting go of your expectations of the, of the expectations that you have is the is a first place uh, to start. So you could train yourself um, with the stop and start technique to be able to prolong ejaculation, but you really need to be aware of the point of no return, and you need to stop right before and then resume again and then and then do this as a cycle a lot of problems that men have who ejaculate too quickly is they are not aware that they, they try to distract themselves uh, thinking that if they think about baseball, somehow that's going to help them, but it has the opposite effect. You actually have to be super in tune with what your penis is experiencing and feeling so that you are aware of that point of no return. That's the only way you'll be able to train it and train yourself, uh, to, uh, to last longer. Coming up, I'll ask the question, is marrying your first and only love a good or bad idea? Have you? Are you with your first and only love? Do you have any regrets? Uh, maybe you want to share them with us. It's anonymous, so no worries.
1: Your relationship's on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800.
0: On the topic of hair removal, got this text. I'm wondering what the safest and best permanent hair removal products on the market may be, and if perhaps you might know how efficient the lasers found at pharmacies are, including a product called No-No. So I this product, I think I've heard of this. If you're going to have laser hair removal, you don't want some machine you get at the pharmacy or whatever. You want to do this by a professional with a proper machine like I'd be afraid of burns and and whatever else it is uh, if you're going to laser all of it just remember that there may be a time when the fashion comes back <laughs> and you don't have to wear a pubic wig right you may want to like you, you may look at yourself and say oh uh, and, and who knows so the fashion seems to the fashion trend seems to be turning around there's now a, from what I understand porn being made like with full pubic hair again. So uh, there might be, uh, you may not want to get rid of it permanently. Uh, so I'm not, like laser is the only one I know that you can remove permanently. I certainly wouldn't do, electrolysis is painful and it goes hair by hair. Um, but I know laser can work, but I would, I would go to a, a, even a, a medical doctor or cosmetic specialist who can do that for you. That would be, if it was me, that's what I would do. All right. I have this question for you and tell me what you think. Are you with your first and only lover, your only partner? Uh, do you have any regrets about that? Any curiosity? Do you think you, like if it, if it was your own kid or you were giving advice to somebody, would you tell them don't, um, don't marry your one and only or would you want them to uh, have a little bit more uh, experience let's say so there's a, a psychologist who wrote an article called why marrying your first love is a terrible idea i'll tell you what she wrote but then i'm going to look at uh, I'll look at it with you the the science behind that what are actually the fi- what do the findings say what does the science say and there aren't that many studies done on this but there's uh, a few anyhow So this psychologist by the name of Kelsey Dijkstra, why marrying your first love is a terrible idea, says that... um the difficulties in marrying your first lover are you never grow. You're settling for something easy. You haven't had the chance to experience someone new. You've never gone through heartbreak and come out the other side. You'll never know what else is out there. And a piece of you will always wonder a divorce would be brutal. There's no passion. You don't know ups and downs. You have nothing to compare your relationship to. Would you agree for those of you who are in long-term relationships with your very first and only um, partner? You think these problems are inevitable? I don't think so. I think there are plenty of people who uh, have great relationships who do not experience any of those things, who are with their uh, one and only. So what does the science say about this? Actually, the, the, the few studies that exist uh, in this field indicate that first love marriages are actually stronger than other marriages. So this is, there's very little that's written on this, but what is written on there is quite positive there's a, a study done that reported that 64% of people in first love marriage say that they are definitely in love and this is compared to 57% of the general married population only 19% of the um of the former have considered leaving their partner which compares to a uh, of married people who have loved before, so you're less likely to consider leaving if you're with your one and only. People who married their first love are also more likely, 97%, to think they will be with their partner until their dying day than people who did not, so 88% versus 97%. Another study, again, these are these are studies, they're not in scientific journals. They, um, two of them that I'm reporting here are survey types of studies. So always with a grain of salt, remember that, and who they're addressing, etc. Uh, so another study reveals that a quarter of us are still with our first love and that 41% of people enjoy the best sex of their lives with their first love. So that sounds like really high. So again, we have to look at, we have to always look at this with a a critical eye. It doesn't mean that it is true of everybody in these, uh, relationships. Um, so do you regret not having more experience with more than one relationship? Do you think you made a, a good choice to be with your one and only partner? As one person says, I have no regrets, only slight curiosity every once in a while. Someone else says, I knew I couldn't be casual with a romantic relationship, so it was nice to be with someone on the same page from the start. Um, I sometimes wonder about how things would have been different if I had had more experience, but there's no regret, just curiosity. So most People, I think, would say, yes, they are curious, but not enough, not curious enough to give that up. So I don't know if you're in, is it hard to find people today who are with their one and only love for the last, I don't know how many years? If you're one of those people, I want to hear from you. Share with us. I, I would love to get your take on this. Uh, another text writes, uh, again, regarding pubic hair, trimming pubes. Okay. Afros are not in style. Uh, yeah, not yet, not yet. They once were, by the way, there, it was not a trend to trim or not even to trim. We went from trimming to shaving it all off or waxing it all off or what have you. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see where the trend goes. It's, uh, I'm curious. I, I've, I heard rumors that it may be changing. But on that note, maybe I should share with you um, <clears throat> some stuff about uh, pubic hair removal. This was an article that was just recently in the New York Times this uh, last week in the New York Times uh, talking about and it says to go bare down there. So, there are conflicting things on this topic. Do you remove it all? Do you wax it all? Um, Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy? Is it in between? So, what are the facts? What is it about pubic hair? What is the purpose of pubic hair? Well, apparently, pubic hair does serve uh, several biological purposes. It is a physical barrier protecting the skin, it traps discharge, dirt, and debris. I don't know how much dirt and debris are around, but it traps moisture. It helps the vulvar skin maintain a higher moisture content relative to skin elsewhere on your body. Uh, and as each pubic hair is attached to a nerve, tugging during sex may also increase, apparently, sexual stimulation. Pubic hair may also have a role in dispersal of normal odors. So that is the biological reason for pubic hair. However, 80% of us, 80% of women between 18 and 65 report that they remove some or all of their pubic hair. But there was a study done that says that pubic hair removal is definitely associated With medical risks, 27% in one study of women who reported removing their pubic hair had sustained an injury at some point That's 27% and two and a half percent reported needing surgical intervention, which probably was draining of an abscess. Remember talked about those ingrown hairs, ingrown hairs can cause an abscess in the worst possible case, right? Um, And of course, infections related to pubic hair removal can be serious. Is it common? I'd say, no, it's not common, not considering the huge number of people who actually, uh, go through with this, but there is now, um, according to this article, emerging data that links pubic hair removal with an increased risk of some sexually transmitted infections like herpes and HPV. Remember herpes and HPV are transmitted skin to skin contact. So, that layer of pubic hair might actually protect the skin. So if you remove it, it facilitates the transmission or maybe changes the environment or, or something that facilitates that kind of um, infection. So there's no right or wrong here. I, I would never say you shouldn't do this or you should do this. It really is a personal uh, cosmetic choice, but all choices come with, you should have the knowledge and, and make your choices based on the risks. You have to, we make these decisions every day about our bodies, but ha- making an informed choice, I think is, uh, is really important. So, um, and by the way, like if you go to a gynecologist, like you, you don't need to remove your pubic hair for a gynecologist. They see hair, hairless, they don't care. Uh, so don't do it uh, for them. If you want to keep your pubic hair, keep your pubic hair. If you want to keep it short, keep it short. Uh, you can just trim it. You don't have to wax it. You don't have to shave it. All those things that for some women, it's hugely uncomfortable. They say they walk around with such an itch for so long after that uh, they'd never do it again. I've heard that from uh, quite a number of women. So on, on pubic hair, we can you know keep talking about that too. Uh, Is sex good for us? Uh, This is something that I'll talk about. The research seems to have focused, why, on only the negative elements of sex since the 1960s. Why aren't we focusing on the positives of sex? So I'll discuss uh, that paper in a little bit after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised.
1: From the pleasure to the pain and everything in between. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800.
0: Got some uh, advice on pubic hair removal from a listener. If you maintain the removal of pubic hair, it won't be itchy. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I guess you'd have to shave it pretty frequently if that's the case uh, you can use Vite hair removal for sensitive skin i would i get nervous about putting any kind of uh a chemical stuff in a very sensitive area sensitive or not that stuff the fumes of that stuff and I don't know that uh I, I'd love to hear other people's uh Uh, pubic hair removal uh, tips. (laughs) Uh, We did get a question about that. It's not my question, but other people's questions too. All right. Is sex good for us? Well, uh, according to uh, a psychologist and her colleagues, despite the positivity of sex these days, uh, they noted a disturbing historical fact Uh, among Americans. We are bitterly divided as to whether sex is a positive experience that gives meaning to life or whether sex constitutes a political, social, and spiritual danger, not that sex is inherently bad, but that certain sexual behaviors are wrong or hazardous. And to evaluate where the balance is and whether that balance has shifted over the past five decades, They assessed how four prestigious sex and medical journals have portrayed sex since the 1960s. I think it's a a brilliant look, like a sexo-historical look. Uh, Three global options were possible in the research they explored. Either it was positive, so focusing on Positive attitudes towards sex, sexual desire, sexual fantasy, sexual excitement, sexual pleasure, sex and happiness, orgasm, sex and intimacy, sexual satisfaction, positive and or healthy relationships. That would be the positive look. Neutral would be those articles or those studies focusing on neither positive nor negative aspects, such as identity formation, uh, the prevalence of various sexual identities or sexual behavior, or anything on sex education. And the negatives would be those studies focusing on mental health problems, sexual dysfunction, the dangers of sex, sexual stigma, shame, uh, risky sexual behavior, sexually transmitted infections, HIV, AIDS, teen pregnancy, homophobia, sexual harassment, uh, sex trafficking, uh, prostitution, negative attitudes, sexual violence, sexual abuse. Uh, So those are all the the negative aspects of sexuality. And what their findings, um, what they found was that over the past five decades, this is what they concluded, that overwhelming attention was given to the negative aspects of sex. So nearly 60% of all the studies they looked at in these journals, which are uh, journals that have uh, basically that that publish studies uh, about sexuality, Uh, nearly 60% uh, it was all about the negative aspects of sex. Only 7% were devoted to positive sex topics and about a third were neutral in their coverage of sex. And there was no increasing trend over time to the positive aspects of sexuality. So we talk a lot Uh, Out loud about the positive aspects of sexuality, but uh, they're not being studied. Why? So the author speculated uh, why is it that research focused is only focused on the negativity regarding sex, even though we've had far more sexual freedom since the 1970s we have far more sexual uh knowledge there's a greater trend toward uh, gender equality there's definitely a uh, there's a whole positive psychology movement to go with this so what's happening uh, their conclusions are that the american public appears obsessed with the puritanical menaces of sex another reason given is that funding for sex research, is based more on alleviating social problems, health problems, or other medical problems than on research devoted to improving human happiness. So uh, alleviating social problems trumps human happiness in this case. Uh, They also say that physicians and sex researchers tend to operate from disease-based models reacting to what problems are presented by their patients. They also... Uh, hypothesized that maybe the personal experiences of the researchers the sex and medical researchers might have been um negative and so they choose to study the mental health problems of uh, of some form of uh, of sexuality um they don't look at like mainstream uh psychologists or physicians. Uh, don't look at some of the normative uh, perspectives of sexuality. So there is a problem there, and I think personally, I think it's it's tough for research in sexuality. It's tough to get funding for research in sexuality, and and research requ- like good empirical studies require money to do, and so and they're done in university settings. So we're not just talking about uh, doing a a, a serve an online survey it goes beyond that plus the costs of analyzing data and, and all of that and and collecting good data so um so those are some of the uh, some of the reasons just read an article that I want to share with you which I thought was really interesting in time com and here's the headline it just got it on my newsfeed right now sex education is negative, sexist, and out of touch so hardly anyone is happy. With sex education they say um, a new study has found that in at least 10 different countries kids hate the way they're being taught about sex in school uh, the study was was published in a peer-reviewed journal. Uh, researchers poured over 55 qualitative studies that examined the views of young people, mostly between the ages of 12 to, 13, to 18, uh, who'd received sex and relationship education in their schools in the U.S., U.K., Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Japan, Iran, Brazil, and Sweden between 1990 and 2015. And across all those different countries and this 25-year span, kids' views were consistent. Sex ed sucks. That's re- That was the conclusion. Sex ed sucks. That's it. So we're still not there. We're still not meeting the needs of these kids to make them uh, interested in this in, in such a way that uh, maybe they um, uh, they... Pay good attention to this and make good choices based on this. If they tune out because the sex ed is bad, well, that's not helping, is it? Unfortunately not. Uh, This text writes, I agree with you, Lori. Any cream that's powerful enough to literally burn your hair off by penetrating the hair follicle beneath the skin certainly cannot be trusted for safety. It's not something I would want near... Uh, my vagina, my vulva, absolutely, absolutely not coming up a couple of crazy stories. One man dies, uh, killed by a stack of porn magazines. I kid you not. That's one story. And another man does this crazy thing, uh, is injecting himself with semen. Why did he do that? what, What would possess someone to do that? So we'll, I'll share those two, uh, just weird news items and we'll talk about the, uh, uh, the first nude restaurant. Did it do well? I'll uh, I'll let you know.
1: Straight talk that's all inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori News Talk Radio. CJAD. Eight hundred.
0: So here I am, just going through my news feed uh, on the break, and I see this article from IFL Science. Please stop putting parsley up your vagina. It's dangerous. Uh, so Marie Claire, apparently the magazine published an article on how to bring on your period. And by the way, they has, have since deleted the article that contained a, uh, a, a rather concerning herb based recommendation. They say parsley can help to soften the cervix and level out hormonal imbalances that could be delaying your cycle, helping your period come faster. Uh, no. Uh, and they say, if you're... Uh, struggling to find a dish based on parsley don't panic the most effective forms are said to be parsley tea and parsley vaginal inserts parsley inserts uh dangerous advice uh clearly so um and imagine the pesticides that you'd be putting in there as well anyway it's uh dangerous so uh please don't do that putting any kind of uh, fresh produce into your vagina risks bacterial infection. Remember, you have a pH balance that needs to be uh, maintained. It could have life-threatening consequences if you get uh, these pesticides in there or what have you. Uh, no, according to one doctor, there is no evidence of any benefit to a woman doing this, and a, and a clear risk of significant harm, as much as far as even death, have been uh, reported. So thankfully they took it down. A woman died last year, by the way, after inserting parsley into her, uh, vagina, she used the method in a desperate attempt to abort her pregnancy. Um, anyway, she, it, it brought on a very serious infection and, uh, this uh, very bad outcome clearly. So do not put anything in there that doesn't belong in there, Please. I thought that was interesting Anyway, I just, just saw it. So I wanted to, uh, make sure I could share this. Um, let's see. I, I don't know what this is. Dr. Lori, this might be off topic, but I would like your advice. I was at a Tim Hortons purchasing a coffee when I noticed the girl had a big herpes like sore on her lips. It's really cold outside. And I wanted to know if someone can be infected by making their coffee or preparing their food. Uh, no, uh, unless you're kissing them or they, uh, well, if they're drinking from your straw and you put the straw in your mouth, it's, there is a possibility. So you, if you kiss them, there is a possibility, but them simply preparing your food, uh, no, it wouldn't, uh, it, it that wouldn't cause it. And it's also not caused by a cold. I know it's cold outside. No, it's called a cold sore. But uh, it really, uh, it's not caused by a cold. It's somebody who's, it, it really is when your immune system is a bit down, you would have to have the virus inside of you and these cold sores appear. So you, you won't catch it if she's simply making your food No. Another texture for some advice if you have discomfort before your menstrual cycle, exercise helps exercise helps and guess what sex helps so sex helps relieve uh, cramps if you can handle the uh, the messy so uh, someone else wrote not your vulva the exterior area the exterior is the mons pubis the vulva is the entirety of the female genitals, the vagina is the one part, which is the, uh, passageway, uh, the inside part, the, uh, the, the, vaginal canal, let's just say, um, but the vulva, when we say vulva, it, it, we talk about the, every part of a woman's genitals, every, every part, including the vagina, the external and the vagina is called the vulva. Not just that one part, just to clarify. All right, this in crazy news, a Japanese man has died after a huge stack of porn magazines fell on top of him. He literally died buried underneath the porn magazines. But what they don't know is whether he had a heart attack and he fell into the stack of magazines or if he or if the this these tons of magazines just fall fell on him and uh, crushed him. His body wasn't discovered for six months. Can you imagine? I I don't understand how anybody can smell that, like a rotting body for six months. Um, This landlord found him. Anyway, the man had hoarded, apparently, a huge stockpile of porn with magazines in every space in the apartment. He trimmed some articles out of certain magazines, but his collection tipped the scales at around six tons at the time of his death. Could you believe that? Wow. All right. I heard about a story where a woman showed up at an emergency with a light bulb stuck up in her vagina. Yes. And I can tell you stories about things being stuck in the rectum too. I have seen those, uh, well, seen them, not, I've seen uh, slides presented by uh, ER uh, doctors of things that they have found inside cavities, vagina or uh, anus, uh, rectum, and it's not pretty. They they do end up in the emergency room. Uh, back to the herpes. If they touch their mouth and don't wash their hands prior to preparing your food, it's therefore possible to contract it. Um, I don't I don't think so. I think that if it's directly on a straw and you put your mouth directly over uh, on the same spot, possibly. I think if. I'm not going to say with absolute certainty, no, but I think the risks are really low. I think if you kiss somebody directly with a, an open cold sore, then yes, for sure. Um, but, uh, the rest, not so, not so sure. And hopefully you, when people are preparing your food, you, you should ask that they wear uh, gloves. Like I have been to places, uh, for example, at a deli where I'm ordering a sandwich at the deli. And I see that the woman is, um, taking money from somebody and then serves me and then goes to cut the deli meats. This was back when I was eating meat, uh, the deli meats and using her hand that she did not wash and putting the meats directly on her hand that had touched all this money. And I remember saying, uh, do you mind, would you mind wearing gloves, please? When you touch uh, my food and she took a bird, uh, on me, she got nasty with me. And then I just walked out and said, well, I'm not eating here anymore. Uh, my mom used to have cold sores. I never caught one from her, right? Uh, again, people with cold sores should know, and they, uh, they're they uh, careful about it. Um, I get really bad back pain when I'm on menstrual cycle. It is especially bad on the first and on thursday sometimes to the point that i can't walk whoa this is something by the way that uh i'm going to keep this question because next week we have our vagina dialogues and i will ask this to our gynecologist so don't worry uh just uh, be with us on wednesday evening and we'll share uh, that information with you we'll answer those questions specifically. Thank you guys for tuning in uh, tonight and spending your precious time with me. Thanks to our wonderful technical producer, Dave Simon. If you want to find me on social media, easy peasy at Dr. Lori petito my last name spelled B-E-T-I-T-O. Uh, you, or you can also email me through my website uh, at uh com Coming up next here on CJED, we've got the CTV National News for you. Have a great rest of the evening, a wonderful weekend, and remember to live your life with passion.